Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. Boy, we got evolving ideas one conversation at a time today. I got to tell you, we are so she was on our show on one of the radio shows. Um, maybe a week or two ago and she was just phenomenal and uh, we wanted to have her back uh, I want to, her to come back on a regular basis her name is Annie Del Rey and she is a coach and she's also earned I said in prior to beginning she's earned her chops which means that she's got a, a bachelor's in um psychology and a master's in integrative wellness coaching and so she's done her homework she's done her school and she's also a very vibrant young woman who is looking forward to an extraordinary life and i it's not fair annie it's just not fair Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Well, you know, what's not fair is you've got it all working for you. You got it all going on and you're in your late 20s and early 30s and and you've got all the time in the world rather than a lot of us that are at the end of the road rather than the beginning. And I want to go back to the beginning and be and have my act together like you do. So there. I don't know if if you'd ask my boyfriend if I have my act together, I don't know what he would say, but most people would be like, yeah, she has her act together. <laughs> and you do. You are ex extraordinarily gifted at, uh, at uh, being what you do. And more so than that, you have got a light in your, in your, in your presence, in your aura, in your, in your energy that really makes people feel confident and and i was looking at some of your uh um reviews and and they were they were they they were liking you a lot because of because of what you bring to the table and you're also honest and uh, all of that so it's great to have you here thank you for coming coming back thank you i was so excited i was so ex every time i looked at it, the calendar i was like yes, yes. <laughs> we're going to play we're going to have a good time so I got to ask you, because you're so unique, and by the way, for those of you that uh, don't know, and this may be your first uh, podcast that you listen to or first radio show, I've done over 2,000 interviews uh, in, in my time in radio, and uh, you are one of the most engaging, one of the best, um, and I just really enjoy talking to you. So I got to ask you, um, where did you start this? When When did you decide that you wanted to take a career and out of helping people? Um, I would say, so I grew up in a dysfunctional home. I grew oh, up like, let me, let me stop you right there. Cause <laughs> I have, I'm older now and I learned that everybody has grown up in a dysfunctional home. It's just yep. a matter of degree. It is so true. It is so true. And that's actually the beauty of it, just because it's uh, it says a lot about a person's journey, right? And people are at different spots of their journey. So I don't know how I don't I don't know how to phrase this, but the idea of it's almost like the more dysfunction, the better your success story is or can be, because 
um, you know, people are blaming their parents a lot. That's, that's common, but, uh, and this is a bit sassy, but something that I like to say is instead of saying, because of you, you say, in spite of you, in spite of being, um, this isn't my dad, but in spite of my dad, uh, being emotionally abusive to me, I did this in spite of my mom telling me I can't succeed. I did this as opposed to, well, my parents, well, my parents and my parents were always poor. So of course I'm going to be poor and and so on and so forth. Right. Right. Well, it's important because at one point in time, you have to give up the parent thing (laughs) and you have to stand on your own two feet. Right. Yeah, totally. And there are people who will go their entire lifetime blaming their parents and there's not a damn thing their parents can do about it now. And even if they, even if they knew that they had done something wrong, but I've always, I've always said, now I don't know. Do you have any children yet? No. <laughs> Purposely, but Purposely. No. <laughs> yes. But in some cases, um, when, when you, when you're a child and you grow up you don't you don't stop to think you start your and your parents are like i don't know 24 my my parents when i was born my dad was 25 my mom was 23 so mm-hmm. it was like they didn't know shit about anything and i was the third kid and so by that time they were like we're done with diapers we're done with all this stuff just we'll, just keep him alive and he'll be fine and <laughs> You know, so, but, but, so what was your family's dysfunctionality about? No, I'm loving this because I was the third born as well. I was the oh, first good. girl, so it was a bit different, but I was the third. And funny enough, I think my mom was 23 when she had me. Oh, wow. Maybe 24, but she, she also was a young mom in her early 20s, bunch of kids running around, like <laughs> just kids everywhere. Um, I'm one of six. So oh, there's, my, oh man, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, but hence learning about people, learning about personalities. What is it like in a family dynamic? Uh, what's the difference between nature versus nurture? What's going on? And it was just a wild ride. And the idea of um, cutting parents some slack of, you know, they did the best with what they had at the time. They didn't know what the heck when I was 24, I don't, I don't know if I could have done better. They kept, they fed us, they gave it, we were always safe. Right. And there's, I don't know. I, um, I guess I just see it so commonly that that's something that holds people back is mm-hmm. this, uh, victim mentality as opposed to like, okay, yeah, that did happen in childhood. I don't want to discount it, but what I will say is I'm an adult now and I can make my own decisions and that's exactly. empowering. Exactly. Although there are times, even today, I will have, I will do something that I've done for like years. And it's just kind of how, and I never analyzed, looked at myself and said, why do you do that? Why, you know, and let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Saturday morning and we were always supposed to clean our room on Saturday morning. My mom said, no, you can't go and play. You've got to go clean your room first. So she went shopping and she said, when I get back, I want your room to be cleaned. So you know how sometimes you just get 
motivated to do something and to clean your room and to do it really well. And so I, you know, I cleaned it and I put the, everything in order and I got the vacuum out and I vacuumed under the bed and I vacuumed everywhere <laughs> and I put the vacuum away and I shut the door and, uh, and my mom came home and, uh, she said, um, why haven't you cleaned your room? She didn't even go in there. She said, why haven't you cleaned your room? And I said, I did. I was all proud of myself. I said, I, I know I cleaned it and it looked really, it looks, I think it looks great. She said, no, I know you didn't clean your room. And you know how I know? Because you put the vacuum cleaner away. You never put the vacuum cleaner away. So I know you didn't get it out. I know you didn't vacuum. So therefore you did not clean your room. She never even went into my room to look at it. Do you want to know what never goes into the closet to this day? Ooh. That imprinted in you. That narrow pathway was like, boom, formed. So I, I don't even have a place to put the vacuum away. <laughs> oh, never, my goodness. For 40 years, and my, my ex-wife would say, why don't you ever put the vacuum away? And it's like, well, I don't know. I just don't get around. But it's it's because of. It was imprinted in my in my DNA in my soul, and so it's never so. And that happens to all of us, I think, doesn't it? Definitely, a big one's with money. Are you filthy rich? Are you money is the root of all evil? Is a, a big one. What is? Um, I'm sure people can relate to this if they have air condition. Is oh, are you keeping the door open? We're not the Rockefellers, like. <laughs> But I think that happens everywhere, right? I'm not saying like um, dissing my family. It's just these common phrases that people use of, um, yeah, the filthy rich one is a big one. And so especially as kids, we're downloading that and we're hearing, okay, uh, filthy rich equals dirty. You're dirty if you're rich, even though it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, do we right. see rich people walking around with mud on them? Probably not. But, but it's that internal stuff that's, yeah. Because we learned as kids, filthy equals bad. We can't be filthy near our parents. They're going to freak out. Like, so little things like that. Exactly. So what was it about uh, your childhood that made you say to yourself? It's like in my childhood, um, now this goes back way back. <laughs> Let's go to the way back machine to the 60s. The 60s were a great time. But in those days, children should be seen and not heard. I got told for my entire childhood, don't get smart, young man, and keep your mouth to yourself and don't die and, and stuff. Apparently, I never learned those lessons, which is good. <laughs> but, 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 you know, but that's, we get told certain things over time. What was it in York? Oh, and so because I got told to shut up all the time. Yeah. I vowed that I was never going to shut up when I had my own uh, space and could be an adult. And I, I was going to say what was on my mind because I was always told, shut up, don't get smart, sit, go to your room. I spent years in my room, by the way. <laughs> A lot of time there. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and, but so what was it for you? What, did, what motivated you to say, I can imagine you sitting on your bed in your bedroom with the door closed going, when I grow up, I'm gonna. <laughs> this, this is what I think happened. My sisters were born and they're 12 years younger than me. They're twins. Oh, wow. And that's when things changed. 
I was just like, mama hen, how I need to be the best version of myself because these two little people are looking at me. And even at 12, I knew it's hard growing up as a woman. And it is, it's not that it's not hard for men. We just have different struggles, like um, being sexualized or even growing up too fast. They, um, this was like right before social media kind, or not right before social media, but social media was coming up. I mean, it was AOL chat rooms. <laughs> you remember AOL? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I never went Me either, because I was scared of them, because there was all these stories of like, there's men going to show up at your house. <laughs> I, don't <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just all scared of it. I remember, I don't know if this was true or not, but they said um, a girl was talking to a guy online and he showed up at her bus stop. So I was always afraid someone was going to be at my bus stop. Yep. And th that actually, that actually did happen to some people. Oh, okay. So, so I did have a good fear. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause there are, there were pedophiles and there were people that predatory people that would go into those chat rooms and, and be like somebody else. And because you didn't see them and you didn't have any pictures of them. And so they would make pretend like they were a 16 year old, uh, another female or, or something that then they wanted to bond with you and you know, all that kind of weird stuff. And then they, and then if you gave them personal information, they could actually show up. It was just terrible. It's like to catch a predator. Yeah, that's exactly that's what, what I'm referencing in my own mind there uh, is that that was what, <laughs> I know. Watch, I, makes you oh, want to go take wash your hands or take a shower or something after watching that show. Totally. And and I I know this this doesn't sound nice, but you can't help but laugh when they're caught with supplies and they're like, "Why'd you bring alcohol? Why'd you bring this this and this?" And they're like, oh, "I I just had it on me." It's like, well, uh, what you had on you is a bit extreme. Right. <laughs> exactly. And and the person that they're going after is a 12 year old girl. How much is a 12 year old girl going to drink or whatever? You know, it's but that's a story for another time, because that's, we live in a dysfunctional society, I'm afraid. <laughs> right. I shouldn't laugh, but it's just like, what are we doing here, people? Come on. This is disgusting. Exactly. Exactly. And some people live in disgust. That's 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 where they want to be. But but OK, I keep trying to drag this out of you. So I'm going to sooner or later, which is what motivated you to it was. I know it was your your uh, uh, twin sisters mm -hmm. um, and you wanted to be the best self. But psychology, really? Um, so I I had no idea what I was going to do because I'll be honest, I'm a pretty smart gal. So I. I had the world at my fingertips. I'm just being so dramatic, but I was just like, all right, what, what am I going to study? I like studying. I like reading. So I was like, you're going to go into business. Eh, what are you going to do? And I was thinking of all these things. And I, um, took a psych class in, in, um, in high school. And I was like, this is pretty cool. And then I decided to go for my associates and just gen ed or like, you know, just the regular courses. Cause I was right. just trying to figure it out, you know, 18, 19. It, it's one of the things I tell people now going to college is look into community college. 
if you don't have your heart set on something, if you don't have like a med school plan where you need to be very precise, go to community college. It's the best thing I've ever done. It's it's the first thing I taught my sisters when they started thinking about steps after high school. And they both and, go. Yeah, and I, I'd even take it one step further. And that mm -hmm. is, if you don't have a desire to be in the, in the, to be a doctor, to be a lawyer, to take psychology, to do, uh, to do something specialized like that, mm -hmm. go to trade school. If Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. You really hit the nail on the head with that one. Yes. Not everybody needs to go to a four year college when, if they enjoy working with their hands, they, my, my son uh, mm -hmm. went to trade school. And he is now a diesel mechanic who works on high-rise uh, equipment and gets paid very, very well and not very many. And they can't find anybody under 50. Um, so if you are somebody who likes to work with your hands, you, you put a car together or you put a, um, a go-kart together when you're a teenager and that kind of thing, go to trade school. And you can always go to college later. But go to trade school, get a career, get an idea of what you want to do, then go into the trades. And you can make some really, you can make more than somebody who's got a, a business degree in four years. Uh, they have to start at the bottom anyway. I mean, biz, and I don't, um, I don't mean this like, I'm not trying to be a jerk when I say this, but business degrees are a dime a dozen. Yeah. Even psych degrees, like that doesn't really, that that's no specialization, but these trade schools and these are, and a lot of these jobs are jobs that they don't have robots doing right now. They, you know, yep. like they're not getting replaced by robots at least right now. So nope. get in those fields. Totally. I couldn't agree more. And a lot of them set you up to be an apprentice. So you get your hours and they have good connections. It's just, my dad taught at a trade school and then he hired some of the men in his carpentry classes to work on his team. Yeah. Cause you're in the field and you know, everyone in the field, he gave recommendations. It's, it's a great deal. And you can make, you can, you can do really quite well uh financially to 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 do that and and the hours are you know it's it, getting the typical business degree what you're setting yourself up for is 50 to 60 hours a week for the rest of your natural life yeah so yeah so but so but that's that's so that's really good so you went to college and you got your psych degree now what what was it that got you motivated to to then take the uh uh, masters in I'm not even sure what if who offers integrative wellness coaching and what exactly that is. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe I found the program when when I told people I was applying to that program, they were like, "Are you crazy? What <laughs> is that? What are you going to do? This is a hobby." Like they looked at me like I was I had lost my mind, and I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. Number one, it's my money. So let's not take anyone else's opinion. But also I have to live my life. Like one of the things I say to people is you are the only person ever who's going to wake up with you every single day and go to bed with you every single night forever. Right. Your parents might have been there for a few years. Your partner might be there for a few years. 
but every single day and every single night, it's been just you. So you have to live with yourself. You take you around. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard to put yourself down. I, I mean, I mean, you can do that figuratively, but literally it's, you know, because you are always going, taking yourself everywhere. Yeah. You lay in bed with your mind at night, you know? So what are you telling yourself and what are you doing? You telling yourself you're miserable, then you're miserable. <laughs> like you're right. You are. You're going to tell me that you're going to tell yourself that then. Yes. Okay. So you get, you got to that degree as well. And, but what, what is the nuts and bolts of that degree? What's in it? So how I would describe that. So we took like positive psychology classes and nutrition science, um, but what essentially the integrative part is the idea of the mind and body and that we're, we have multiple areas that, so for example, one of the first things they teach us is about the wellness wheel, um, also known as the wheel of life. How I describe it is think of a pizza and there's different slices, mm, pizza, right? Now I want to mm. order it. <laughs> um, so your environment, your physical health, your mental health. Um, your social life, your occupational your slash career, right? So focusing on that 360 view, not just your body, not just your mind. Right. Well, they're learning all the time that there's more to us than we think there is. Yeah. Which is exciting. Like that should be good news for people. That's empowering. That means we have a lot more control than than we think. Yeah. And now, do they ever talk about energy or any of that kind of stuff in in that wellness program? Um, they did a a bit, but when I got certified on the side for a few things, is when I started getting into like energy medicine and theta healing, um, which is essentially theta healing is essentially like getting into the theta brainwave. So being yeah. at that like relaxing state. And I want to say almost like meditation, like allowing you this great guided meditation. Um, they call it the creator of all that is. So instead of using God or the universe, they refer to it as the creator of all that is. And mm -hmm. it's really powerful. It's super powerful. When I learned about it, I was like, okay, this is cool. How do I do it? <laughs> <laughs> so then you took that course on how to do that. And then I took that course because, and we did mention this a little earlier, it's very important for me to be properly educated. I want it to be more than I read one book on it. I really want um, a professional teaching me. I want to be experienced before I go and do it with clients as opposed to like, I read about this cool technique. Let's try it. Also, it's 500 bucks for you to work with me. Like Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. Not, that's not but, my thing. But but you've got the, the the chops and the credentials to put it and put it all together. And now, did you study uh, like Reiki or any of those other any other modalities that are out there? I would say I um, I'm not certified in Reiki. I've definitely participated as a participant, right? Like not the practitioner. Um, but something that I have is called emotional freedom technique. Have you heard of that before? Of course, yes. Uh, I'm certified in that. So the idea of the meridian points, um, you know, and, and getting energy flowing. The reason EFT. I love EF, yeah, e, um, 
I mean, a lot of people call it tapping, so I don't want to sound pretentious. Emotional freedom technique. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is all of that. And it is, mm-hmm. um, it's acupuncture and it's, and it's, you can use your, your positive affirmations and you can do all kinds of things with it. That is really pretty, pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And I love EFT number one, because it can be taught to you and you can do it on your own. So you do not need me to have a session, which is very cool. I think in the beginning it would be, it would be nice to have someone guiding you just because like all things, it's just easier when there's a little handholding in the beginning. Um, but you can do it yourself and it can be free and that's a game changer and it can go, uh, you pick how long it can go, but you could do it for two minutes and feel different. Some of my clients do it in the bathroom. I taught them how to do it. And then they, they go to the bathroom before like a presentation. They can, right. They're not like, you don't have to change your clothes. You don't have to like use a lot of room. You just have to touch yourself a little bit. <laughs> no, and, I don't know who and- changes their clothes for things. <laughs> and you can do it in your, in the privacy of your own stall. I make it sound so attractive. I'm like, go and do it with a toilet. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is I sound, I sound ridiculous, but yeah, you on your couch. Um, I wouldn't say driving because no. you probably shouldn't be using your hands while driving, but anywhere. And you, you use that in your work and, um, by the way, I have to ask you, since you've been doing this, I know you, what are your, are your parents still with us? Yes. And are they excited about your work? Proud of your work? Or are they apprehensive about your work? Um, so proud of me. Definitely proud of me. They're happy that I did this and that I'm so happy. Um, they are Catholic. They are pretty strict Catholics, at least my mom. So energy the creator of all that is this is meditation meditation it's like you shouldn't be meditating you should be praying to god these and what they don't recognize is that's exactly what you're doing it's literally the same thing just different words but okay (laughs) yeah because i grew up lutheran and uh, we were told that meditation was of the devil that it was the dark arts if you will and and so you shouldn't be doing that and even though it's great for for people for their stress level and 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 stuff they know so so when i learned started learning about that it was like oh, you can't do that that's you're gonna go to hell you know that right really? you satan worshiper you do <laughs> what <laughs> Well, right. I, on my way to doing to uh, dissecting the baby, I meditate, and it's you know, it's... right, totally. I know my mom was very much into calling things like black magic and Satan, like this is Satan talking. And I, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm like dissing that. Whatever works for you, that's truly how I feel. Whatever works for someone, just don't hurt yourself or someone else. And and the and that that is the key phrase that you use because in many cases there are religious practices that are not helpful and they they create more guilt than they solve and they put you into a negative light and a negative position rather than a positive place um, because 
Um, oh, by the way, did you did you give your ten percent this week? You, get, you know that sort of thing. Is that I can't. I know. And then there's gold in front of you, and they're like, "We can't feed the homeless," but there's gold on the what? What I forget. Altar. Yes. And and there's and, and yes, and that is. But we can't even even though Christ said feed the homeless. And we're like, no, we're not going to feed all those people. They take drugs. They're they're going to, you know, and stuff. So anyway, but I don't want to get into a religious discussion because what it does is it, it it defeats the purpose of why we are here, in in my humble opinion, which is yes. to care for each other, to, to uh, be kind to one another, to love each other, and to help each other attain what we came here to do. Um, that's the one, that, the one thing that I never got was it there was whenever i and, and i went to i went to a parochial school i went to a Lutheran school for eight years i went to church um every day and sunday school every day and um but what i never what nobody ever said to me was what well no what they would say to me is God has a plan for you, and this is your, and he's, your life is already mapped out, and it's like, this is the way it's going to be, and this is the plan. And it's like, but I don't feel like I want to do a particular plan. I want to go do this and, and stuff. And they never talked in terms of how are you going to live your life the best that you can be and determine for yourself who you're going to be and how you're going to live. And nobody ever said that. Did they say that? <laughs> You're nodding. I, so they didn't say I'm that just year. nodding because totally. It's like supposed to have you feel shameful and fearful and that there is only one way to do it. I don't, the reason I don't really understand religion is because it's, they're like, it's supposed to be love everyone, right? Like that's usually one of the general things. But if you're not our religion, you're going to hell. <laughs> So it's like, okay, but if you're not Catholic, then you go to hell. If you're not Jewish, then you go to hell. It's like, what are we, what are we doing here? Do you understand? You sound crazy. Like this sounds crazy. <laughs> like, am I the only person? And, and actually, um, this actually, this will go, this happens to go back to your original question and the idea of like, what led you here? Um, I remember one of the things, cause I went to Catholic school too. I was an altar server. I, did the whole thing. You had those communion. cute little uniform skirts, didn't you? I wore a little thing and I held the, I was always taller than everyone. So I held the crucifix up for everyone. Oh. I was like loving the incense. Yeah, I, I've done it. Um, One of the problems that I had was you, aside from your family, you were only allowed to talk to a priest about your problems. We were not allowed to see a therapist. So when I was 18, the first thing I did was start seeing a therapist. And my mom tried to take me off her insurance. She was so mad that I did it. She was so mad. <laughs> Look, now she's all into therapy. She thinks it's like she totally gets it. Our, our family has um, individually we've done therapy. So it's um, this isn't how she feels now. But at the time, I was like, wait, what are we talking about? What do you mean? You can only go to one person or like priests about this. I don't want to talk to them about this. So I could feel guilt and shame. I need to talk to someone to unpack this with. So that was a big thing also that led me to be like, there has to be more. Well, you know, it's amazing to me that uh, they could actually say that 
a celibate man who's never had a relationship with a woman, never had any children, never, and then an 18 year old girl is going to walk up and say, Priest, I've got problems. Can you help me with? They have no earthly idea how to help you. No idea. Literally no idea. When I hear that priests do marriage therapy, I laugh until my stomach hurts. Yes. And before you get, at least in the Catholic church, before you, before you get married in the Catholic church, you need to do certain counseling with a priest. You have to do things as a couple with a priest before you're able to get married there. How does he know anything? He's, he's, he's a single celibate guy who in some cases, I hate to say this, in some cases likes children, but that's a story for another time. Oh, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> you don't have, two of our priests, uh, this this is it. Two of our priests at our church left the priesthood for women in the in the church. Oh, really? One of them, I think, had like five kids. <laughs> he made up for lost time. He was just like, I don't even know. So it, it doesn't make sense to me. And, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go like too into religion, but just the idea of, yeah, I guess that's what led me to be like, we got to look outside of this. This is awful cult-like. Well, speaking of which, uh, if I could t- tell you a real quick story. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I met. I was working with a girl at at, uh, at at the restaurant I was working at, and she was part of this. She's a former a druggie, and and she was trying to improve her life and stuff. So she ended up with this church that had like two thousand people in it, and it was in in Burien, which is by me. And so she invited me to go, and so I went, and they spoke in tongues. Do you know what that's all speaking? Uh, in yeah. Mm-hmm. And they was they spoke in tongues and stuff. And uh, and matter of fact, I'll never forget there were five people standing around me because they had this little cave like thing where you could go and they could and you could pray and you could and I had these five people standing with their hands on my shoulders <laughs> saying please Lord help this man speak in tongues he wants to learn and it's like I don't feel nothing. Nothing's coming here. I'm. I'm just. This is. This is embarrassing. I want to go home now, <laughs> and, and stuff. And so I pretended briefly and to get them off my back, literally, just literally. <laughs> and uh, so we're sitting there in the in the chapel, and this one lady, pastor's wife, starts speaking in tongues, in, in another language that nobody knows, and then she. Um, interprets the tongues, which I found out later is anti-biblical. You're not supposed to interpret the tongues that you're speaking. Somebody else is supposed to interpret them. Anyway, and and so she interpreted it by saying, there are people in this church who are not being true to our mission, to our message, and to our pastor. And you are the ones that are creating gossip and changing and causing all of these problems within the church. And one by one, these people in tears came down and were, I'm so sorry. I apologize. And they were sitting in the front, as this was going on, sitting in the front row, first of all, all the ushers wore the same blue suit. 
and they all had um, things in their ears so that they could communicate to each other. And there was oh, a guy. Come who, on. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and there was a guy in a blue suit with a telephone in the front pew who would pick up the phone to uh, organize what was and, and talk to somebody somewhere about what was going on. In, 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 and I, and I thought to myself, a bunch of guys in blue suits, earpieces, they look like they were from the Secret Service. Um, and these people are being manipulated. And that was my first thought. And I've got, there are 2,000 people here that are giving a lot of money to this place to make it a great big church. And they're being manipulated by these people for their own good. So I said, I don't think I'm going to go here anymore. And uh, about uh, six months later, as you know, this will shock you. The pastor got busted for having sex with five women in his parish. Or no, his- abusing his power and taking money from people. No. Uh, yeah. So, so I, so you, you and I, I had the very similar experience in that I was not, none of it made sense to me. And even though I was trying to find a way for it to make sense. So that's, that's when I put it away for 20 years. <laughs> put that on the shelf for a little bit, maybe dust it off later. <laughs> <laughs> well, because then I had a career. I had to go, um, um, I had to go um, make a career, get married, have, you know, the kids and, and the dog and, and everything, because that's what my dad said. That's what you do. You're, you're, you're a man, you, you, you grow up, you get married, you, you, uh, provide for them. And then, then I don't know. And then, then at one point I said, is this it? Is this is all I get. I gotta have more than this and stuff. But that's, that was, you know, from my deal. Was that kind of how it kind of manifested for you? Yeah. Yeah. And I think being, I think the same thing happened. I was just a, a little younger of looking around and thinking you are taking advantage of these people. These people are so vulnerable and you are preying on them. You are pouncing on them at their weakest moment. This is messed up. Cause my, my mom would also have us go to like weekend conventions and stuff. So like the speaking in tongues, the other thing that I was always like, you fakers was when they would faint and you'd have to catch them. Oh, give me a freaking break. And of course that lady was able to interpret it because it was BS and she was making it up the whole time. So yeah, you can yes. interpret things if you're making it up. Yes. And she was making it up with a purpose because there were, there was dissension she was squashing the dissension within the ranks of people that uh, were not a hundred percent on board with the program. And so, and so this was now for those of you who don't know, when you're speaking in tongues, what you're supposed to be doing is talking. You are God. Your God is talking directly through you. And (laughs) I don't know how we got this good, but this is good. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. But God is directly speaking through you. And so therefore, whatever you're saying when God is speaking through you is the absolute truth. And so therefore, you have to believe that that's the absolute truth. That's how they get people to buy into some of these things. So anyway, but for the, that's just for folks who had never witnessed somebody speaking in tongues and, and that sort of thing, which is a bizarre experience anyway. Very bizarre. That's a good word. That's a great word to to tie it up with. 
bizarre. <laughs> yes. So, so you then decided that you you wanted to help people in a wholly different way, and that and that was to become a coach, which you've been doing yeah. for like five years now. And uh, is five years is that right or more? Um, I would say that I started to like. Yeah, I'd say about five years is when I like really dived into coaching as opposed to just psych in general. And what do you do? And you have a specific thing that you like to do and we call it a niche everybody you niche down into uh, how do you i know you like to work with women mm -hmm. and you work with men too but primarily women and they're women that are going through what um usually stress management and time management are the big challenges and um a little more specifically i say busy professional women I've worked with plenty of moms, like stay-at-home moms who who uh, would not identify as like professional women in the workforce. And it's not that I don't love working with moms because I do. They're so much fun. Um, but this idea of how do I how do I have a career and a home life? How am I able to do both and feel fulfilled and right. not want to rip my hair out the entire time? Um and also not compare myself the entire time, which the answer is stop looking at your social media every five minutes, but I'll, I'll just put that to the side. <laughs> so, so professional women, do they look at each other and say, I wish I were uh, able to handle it better like that one? Oh, I mean, a hundred percent, especially, especially if they're also moms, because now they're comparing themselves to being um, a professional woman and a mom and sometimes a partner like and they're seeing these pretty much fake people on social media all their kids are matching no one has stains on their shirt um everyone's smiling their husband's more attractive than their husband they think you know like they're like oh she probably makes more money than me just when, why do we do yeah. that to ourselves I think because people really like staying the victim because it's really easy to identify that way. And in, in a, in a, in a sick kind of way, it makes us feel better. I think so. Because, um, a lot of times that, that allows you more attention, this pity people love to have people feel sorry for them. It's sick, but it's the truth. So that's something that they talk a lot about in, um, even this idea of theta healing or the unconscious mind in general is people don't even realize they're consciously choosing to be sick because there's a big reward. It's not a it's not a reward I would want, but the reward is that they get attention. People feel sorry for them. People check in. There's How they doing right. This happens so much that they have actually have a name for it. It's called a pity party. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So if you, is it a particular type of individual that, that subscribes to that? Are we all, mm. are we all susceptible to um, feeling, you know, like nothing is going right and, and the, I'm a victim and I, we don't even, they don't even look at it as a victim. They do, they, they don't, they don't use that terminology. They look at it like, People are so mean to me, and I can't do this. And I, that my boss, I he hates me. 
he the man just hates me he, i do everything for him and he just hates me that kind of thing yes because i think i think this is what it comes down to so actually number one i don't really know if there's a theme of person people because i've seen it in men and and women and of all different ages I think it's a personality type of not understanding. Um, stop, stop focusing on what you can't control and focus on what you can control. You can control how much soda you drink. You can control if you drink alcohol. You can control how much you work out. You can't control how your boss talks to you. You can control how you react to him. You can control the boundaries you place. You can control how much interaction you have with your ex. Do you, do you see what I mean? But it, instead they're saying, my boss is a jerk. Oh, it's me. It's, it's, it, they just have a vendetta against me. Did you see the way he looked at me? My, my ex, about it? yeah, my ex is, is an awful human being and, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and sure they can be go ahead. Okay. Then why are we talking about them? You're giving them so much energy. You're giving them so much energy. So much energy and power. Yes. Because they then have power over over your life. If you, if, yeah, it's, that's interesting. So how do you help somebody? Is there a process you use? So one of the things, um, one of the things I have, like, let's say they come to me with a challenge and they're really overwhelmed. Um, sometimes we'll do it in the session, but uh, definitely for homework, it will be make a list of what you can and can't control in this situation. Just put it down there. And a lot of times that brings almost instant relief because they realize, holy crap, all I'm thinking about is all these things I can't control. What a waste. Okay, here's the side that I can control. Let me start getting to work on that. And it says right here on your front page, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit at home and think about it. Go out and get busy. Yes, totally. Take I, I love that. literally the idea of one step. Take one step. You don't want to go to the gym, sit on the ground and touch your toes. Cool. You did some movement for the day. You didn't do that before. <laughs> That's that is that is cool. By by the way, we're talking with Annie Del Rey. Go to her website, which is AnnieDelRay.com. And it's D E L R E dot com. And she's got lots of things that you can look at here. Um, as well as um tell me about your wellness manual. Sure. Oh, this is it's so fun. Actually, let me say it's very pretty. All right. I'll, I know I made it, it and of course pretty. I'm gonna say it's very pretty. <laughs> it's very pretty. But, it, but um, it's a it's a hundred page plus wellness manual. Yeah, it's um, it's meant to educate you, and it's meant to have. There's activities in it, but I know a hundred pages sounds a lot. But think of wellness one on one. This is the simplest of the simple, and um, so some people might be rolling their eyes and be like, "Well, if it's so simple, why do I need it?" Well, if it was simple, you'd be doing it. And, or like, if it was that simple to you, you'd be doing it and you wouldn't even need help with your wellness. Exactly. And <laughs> a lot of times we, we don't even know that we don't, we don't know what we don't know. 
And there are lots and lots of people that, that still don't know that drinking soda pop is not very good for you. Great. You know, and but but if you look at the grocery stores, and there's a reason why they've got like two or three aisles of pop and beer and spirits and all that kind of stuff. There's a reason why that's all that stuff exists. Yeah, um, and pretty packages and really cute labels and fun names sometimes. Yes, indeed, and and that's and people feel like they need that. Um, but if you're really truly living your happy, uh, happy life, you don't necessarily need those things. Do you? No, I, my boyfriend and I both, we drink not even once a month, maybe on holidays. It's just, it's unnecessary. I'm not saying everyone give up drinking. Um, but what I'm saying is you're actively poisoning your body and then you don't know why you don't feel good, but you do know why you don't feel good. You drank alcohol. <laughs> yeah that's, yeah that's true but what about the football game on sunday afternoons come on Andy. well that's the other thing they're like well i need the chili and the chips and the dessert oh i stayed up all night with a stomach ache and then i was late to work the next day well you had the chili and you had the dessert and i mean i'm guilty of this too i don't want to make it sound like i'm this i mess up all the time that's why I can work with people because I get it. Um, but the point is to be better than you were the day before, ideally. In, indeed, indeed. And and sometimes at some of the oddest times, um, like three o'clock in the morning, that chili will come back to just bother you to a great degree. And then you wake up the entire, <laughs> entire household, <clears throat> you know, so, um, but so have you ever noticed I, and I was I was having a conversation with some, with somebody in the podcast yesterday and she was into healthy eating and and we were and we were talking about macaroni and cheese and and you know like craft macaroni and cheese and how bad it is for us and she was saying how awful it is for us and then I was thinking to myself do you know that there are parts of this country where macaroni and cheese is a hollowed tradition on Thanksgiving that not only do they have the turkey, they have the stuffing, they have the mashed potatoes, but they've also got this three or four cheese, um, macaroni and cheese, and it's part of the culture. Um, and yeah. have you heard that? Oh, definitely. And they put, I don't know what they put. There's like these little crunchy things on top sometimes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, sometimes it's, it's potato chips. Yeah. It's, I, I don't like mac and cheese and my sisters call me a weirdo for that. You're like, you're the weird one in the family. You don't like mac and cheese. Oh, and I'm a lefty. So that's what they'll bring up that I'm a lefty and I don't like mac and cheese. Cause apparently that makes me like the biggest freak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've seen it. People um, love to come over to my house for dinner because of my mom's mac and cheese. Who it's knew? a big thing, right? Yeah, well, it's but it's not particularly good for you. Um, and uh, but she then she was saying she has an autistic son, and she was saying oh. that that she and she guards his diet very carefully. And she was saying, well, um, I give him potatoes; he can have potatoes. And I said, you mean potatoes with lots of butter on them? She said, no butter. Said, what? 
no butter. She said, well, what you can do is you can uh, boil the butter and you then you skim off the fat from the surface and then you put it through a rice uh, um, 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 filter, a rice strainer. And then then you can use that for butter. It's like that this hardly seems like the point uh because fat equals flavor then that's i want my butter damn it you know so, totally yeah. by then i'll be falling asleep i don't have all that time for all those steps <laughs> where's the spray butter no i'm just kidding that's terrible for you too <laughs> <laughs> i just it's funny it's it's um um what's it what's it called um something it's not butter i can't believe it's not butter. oh i can't believe it's not butter yes and it's like well it's worrisome then that we don't had, know that it's i had it in a spray bottle and we had vegetables and i put it on my vegetables it melted the vegetable <laughs> you're like yeah i probably shouldn't put this on everything my kids are looking at it going dad it's melting your vegetables it's like okay this is going in the garbage we don't need any of that you know, oh my gosh. Oh my so, gosh. So you, you got to be very careful. You got to be very careful to eat, eat what. But you are mm-hmm. uh, gifted at that and you work with people to do that all the time. I'm convinced, by the way, that everybody needs a coach. What do you think yeah. about that? I think as long as you are, um, how do I say this? I guess it just depends on where you are in your mental health journey. Like, there's a few people that I've had to recommend go to therapy first and just say, um, I believe this would be a disservice for you to start with coaching only because you're really struggling. You haven't started the healing process from the past. And if you're unable to make your goals, especially consistently, this will bring you back a hundred steps as opposed to forward movement, which is all we want in coaching. So um, and I, and I started with, I respect you enough to say this because it's the truth. I, and I even say, I love you enough to say this because as another individual, I do love you, which is why I want you to be successful. And I've seen people not ready to start coaching, start coaching, and then they feel worse about themselves. So it, it's, I, I think it's really inappropriate if a coach takes any and everyone without vetting, because then you're doing this for money and not to, I mean, that's a general statement, but um, number one should be a person's mental health and evaluating just to make sure that they're ready for it. So if you uh, get to be my age, which of course I am my age and I'm yet to be my next age, but I've already been the other ages and you accumulate in the, <laughs> I don't know if anybody actually understood what I just said, but <laughs> if, if, if in the course of time mm-hmm. you have accumulated all kinds of experiences, some good, some not so good, some fairly horrific and stuff, and you hold, how do you not hold and I suppose this would be something for therapy, but I, even therapy, I don't know how you would, how do you not hold grudges and things like that based upon things that happened years ago that you think that you've dealt with and put away, but then when you bring them up, the emotion comes up with them. What does mm-hmm. that mean? That is definitely a person who still needs help with healing. Um. 
And even if it's just acknowledging, like I play a part in this and my part is that I'm ignoring this and not addressing it head on, which is really hard for people. Cause again, you'd have to stop being the victim of your story and say, all right, let's switch it up. Yes. That happened in the past. This is what I'm doing now. Um, the other thing is people can do coaching and therapy together. And just because you had trauma doesn't mean you can't do coaching. It's more of what is your coping day-to-day -day look like? If you're suffering from addiction, you're going to have to see a therapist. I, I do not work with anyone that's um, actively suffering from addiction, someone that's not in recovery. Um, number one, because my brother passed away from an overdose. But number two, you are not in the right state of mind for setting goals. Your goal is ideally sobriety. That's the number one thing. So um, things such as that, where it's just, how do I say this? If you're struggling with current demons, if day-to-day if -day life is hard, then it should definitely be a therapist that's assisting you at, at this time. It doesn't mean you can never do coaching. It just means that this part of your journey, a therapist could really help you. Um, I'd say like the quote unquote dark side of therapy is that sometimes people stay in that. Let's just talk about the past and I'm going to sit here in the past and that's where I'm going to live. And unfortunately, some therapists enable that. Yeah, you'll be my client for the next five years. Well, maybe on and off, but you shouldn't be seeing someone once a week for five years. That's a problem. That's a red flag. Um, maybe once a month, right, to check in. But uh, right. one of the first things I tell clients when they sign with me is, I don't want you to be with me forever. And it's because I'm not doing my job if you want to be with me forever. I am here to teach you so that you can do this by yourself. I'm going to hold your hand in the beginning. I am totally your cheerleader. If it means um, you go on your journey and come back later, but I'm doing you a disservice by being your crutch. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to play a role for you for just a moment. I don't okay. think I've ever, ever done this before, but I'm going to play my role and my role is and the role is being played by my dad. All right. Okay. Now, I don't think that I have a problem because I have been working since I got married at 21. I had my th uh, three kids by the time I'm 25. My wife was sick. We weren't very happy. Um, I like to gamble. I like to drink a little bit. And so I like to, I like my beer. Now I've worked in and as a high paid executive for 30 years and I buy my beer and I drink it at home and I'm not abusive to my children. I get up and go to work every day. I don't want to hear from my children, but I would just assume because I'm, because I am working 55 hours a week and I'm tired and I want my wife to keep my kids down and so that my house is quiet and I don't have to worry about it. I don't have a problem. Convince me that I do. I would say if you don't think you have a problem, then you don't. Because I'm Good. not here to convince someone I don't. I would totally tell them if you don't think you have a problem, then you don't. But are you happy with your life? 
Well, that that was that in in his case, that was the problem, and that that it started when he was twenty one, and he married a woman he never should have married, and then of course he was Catholic. His mother was Catholic, and you know what Catholics say no about divorce. divorce? No, you're gonna go right to hell. You yeah. you need to live in misery for the rest of your life and be miserable in front of your kids. Because if not, you go to hell because you divorce someone that makes you miserable. <laughs> what? And so for 50 years, and he, they were married for, I think, 53, 54 years before he passed away. And for that, that whole time, he was just miserable. He didn't. Maybe and that's why I do what I do now, because I saw what his life was like. And I'm vowed not to just just disappear and and go away and and stuff like that so it's you know i feel sorry for people that that that's what they do and they they just they they don't take life see that's one of the reasons why i'm so attracted to people like you because you take life like it's it's a fun experiment that's full of adventures and full of great things that you can learn from and stuff like that and you're a very happy person um and so that that's what's really cool about about someone like you and that's and that's why i'm glad you're doing what you're you're doing and you can help people so if you are interested if you are feeling like you just it's just not you just want more and you don't know how to go get more go talk to annie she can help (laughs) i'd love to that's right and if someone wants to get a hold of you how do they do that um I am on LinkedIn and Facebook, but I recommend just going right through my site. I'm the only one who checks it. So it's not like a third party will look at it first. It'll go right to me. AnnieDelRay.com. And she is, she is remarkable. I've, I've wasted a whole hour of your time and I'm saying it's, it's amazing how fast this goes, isn't it? (laughs) It goes so fast. And I enjoy having and talking with you. I want I I want you back on the radio and and uh, to, to do this kind of on a. I'd love to have you back on a regular basis. You're you're just terrific. I would love that. I really would. And I want to support your work because I think your work is extraordinarily important. Thank you. Um, we've got lots and lots of people that can, that can benefit from it and need it. And and so yes. So that's that's great. So you will come back then. Yes. Oh yeah. Totally. With bells on. <laughs> you don't even have to have bells on, uh, but you can have bells if you want. Um, I I want to set myself aside. I would like you to talk to our audience from your heart. Tell them anything that you would like them to know about you, about life, about what's going. Anything. Any. Whatever pops into and i love to do this segment because whatever pops into your mind that's the important thing that you should share okay um you know what comes to mind is this idea of concentrating on what you can control and forgetting the rest and just getting clear on that whenever a challenge comes um i guess one other thing i would say is if you're if you're thinking or looking for the darkness you will find it everywhere but if you're looking for the light, you can also find it. It just may be a little harder to find, but you can. That's beautiful. That's 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 really cool. And and the thing is, is that 
the light always will defeat the darkness. So go in search of the light. Yes. And it's, it's like, go to the light. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it, it, it really is, you know, our lives are so short. Uh, the way that we are here at any given time and it can it can be end at any given time you lost your brother at, at 30 i lost my brother at 64 uh, i lost you know and so you just don't know and so enjoy your life have fun with it and, and just do whatever it is your heart wants you to do and if it's to do a podcast do a hundred of them or a thousand of them like i've done um, if you, if you want to do, be a coach, do what you're doing. And, but also you have a full life and, yeah. and you enjoy every day. Yes. Are your twins proud of you? Yeah, I think so. I, yes. The book I wrote was for them. I think they're really excited that other people are reading it now. I, uh, yeah, I would say they are. Okay. Now, now, now I feel, I feel badly because I didn't mention the book. Tell us no oh my gosh i didn't mean to i didn't mean a secret plug at the end i didn't mean no no i <laughs> you are allowed to i'm looking at your website and i don't see where it says book um it should be in my bio at the way end it just says like and you can get my book here but i do need to make a bigger and bigger section about it boy you do you do indeed yeah. oh there it is Shit, I wish I... <laughs> we talked about this. The shit I wish I knew in high school. I, I love that title. And and Amazon doesn't even let you put it up there the way it's supposed to. But, uh, but uh, my book, Shit I Wish I Knew in High School. Can you give us one nugget from that? Yeah. Um, you are the sum of the top five people you hang out with. That's oh, that's it. depressing. What I mean, and that's the wake up call. <laughs> Boy, no that's kidding. the wake up call. Yeah. And they also say that I don't know if there was a specific study done, um, but that's how much income you have is around the sum of the top five people you hang out with. <laughs> Boy, that's really depressing. That's uh, what I'm saying. So time to upgrade the friends. Yes. Well, you know, what's interesting about that and you know about energy is as you change and your vibrational energy goes up, the people that are vibrating at a lower rate tend to fall away. They don't understand you anymore. You don't need to hang out with them. You're in search of people with a higher vibrational rate that are. And uh, and so the those folks just tend to go away. Yep. Totally. Cause, cause you don't allow them to, you don't want that energy around you. Totally. It's, it really is amazing. You know, when I got divorced, um, all of our friends uh, that we got that were friends for much as a married couple, they all went away. They all went with her. Um, and so. Bye. <laughs> don't let the door hit you. Yeah, they're and, just a and, reminder. And I was I was very happy that they all went away. Nice. Okay, cool. So it was so yeah, I'm I'm as happy as I can be. And um when next time we chat, I want to talk about is it normal for somebody to choose to be single for their the for after to be single for a long period of time. 
Okay. Is it is so Tim, you can tell me now, is that normal or is that normal? Because I I think it's normal. Oh good. Bef- Before I met my boyfriend, I, I thought I was never getting married, never having kids, never even wanting to live with a guy. I was like perfectly content. I thought that was going to be it. And I was happy. If you love yourself, it doesn't matter. The problem is a lot of people don't like themselves, so they don't want to be alone with themselves. Oh, now that that makes a whole bunch of sense right there. Because yeah. I, I know lots of people that are like, well, she left. Are you going to get another one? <laughs> it's like. I no. Why would I want to go do that when I get to I get to do whatever I want to do with my money, whatever I choose to do when I choose to do it, and yeah. nobody's gonna tell me no. So there. So that's nice, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and I gotta go. We gotta go. But I had a fellow bus driver. <laughs> I could talk to you for hours. But I had a fellow bus driver that uh, um, he was working sixty five hours a week. And because he needed a certain level of income. And I said, why are you working so much? You're not going to kill yourself. Driving a bus is very stressful for that amount of time. It's not good for you and your heart and stuff. She said, he said, I'm, I have no choice. I said, what do you mean you have no choice? And he said, well, my, my wife is used to a certain standard of living. And if I don't give her the standard of living, she'll be very unhappy with me. And I said, but you you know that that's not a healthy situation. And he said, yeah, but there's nothing I can do about it. How about your wife? What does she think of your career? And I said, I'm divorced. I get to do what I want. And he goes, oh, that would be so nice. I wish I were divorced. (laughs) It, it, It cost me my house. It would cost me everything. I can't afford it. I'm, I'm stuck and I'm unhappy. And, there's nothing that he could do about, and it was like, oh, that poor man. He passed away. I was literally just gonna say, so when he has a mental breakdown one day, was it worth it that his wife got that new Gucci belt? Was it worth it? Was that vacation worth you being out for months? Okay, that led to death. That's really sad. It, it really is and i've dedicated my life to not doing that damn it there you oh. go yes <laughs> annie del rey thank you very much go to annie and she is just delightful and uh she knows her chops she's she's good at what she does and get the book shit i wish i knew in high school and uh and <laughs> and she'll be back on with us and relatively soon i can guarantee you that so Again, thank you so much for being here, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.